Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on what feels like the first weekend of summer. I don't know what the calendar says. I think it's later in June. They call it the official beginning of summer. Kids are out of school, right? The, the, the pools are going, the water's flowing, you know, people are floating the river, whatever people do. They're, you know, planning their vacations. Baseball is heating up. Longhorns are playing their regional tournament this weekend, made it to the NCAA regionals. They finished the Big 12 champions. You know, I got to toot a little bit about my horns being a Longhorn graduate from the class of 98. We're going to talk about some baseball today. But we talk about faith, family, and freedom here at the Texas Values Report. If you're with us every week, this is the last month of the fiscal year. We need your financial support, txvalues.org, to donate. This show is not about making a fundraising pitch, but I will make several because we're at, we're coming at the end of our fiscal year. We go July 1 to June 30th. We are going to talk about baseball. We're going to talk about faith, family, and freedom as it relates to baseball today because later in the show, we got a great guest. Half of the Benham brothers are joining us. David Benham is going to be joining us, but he and his twin brother, Jason, their new book, is out called Miracle in Shreveport. Uh, You know, look, we've had them on the show before. They were guest speakers. You know them as Christian apologists, Christian speakers, phenomenal athletes, successful businessmen. You know, David played professionally for the St. Louis Cardinals. His brother also played some some, uh, pro and semi-pro ball as well. And they had a successful business. They were going to do a show on HGTV about how they flip houses, which is their Benham Brothers, a part of their Benham Brothers business. And the show ran into some issues issues and concerns about their beliefs on certain issues of faith, on marriage, on sexuality, on life. And so they canceled the show. They got fired before the show even got launched. That was several years ago. And that ended up really catapulting them into more of awareness for people nationally so they could, because what they did, they put it on the line. Okay. They were told, look, you need to pull back from talking about your faith if we're going to move forward with this show on HGTV. And they said, that's just not the way we do things. Okay. And you won't be surprised that they spent some time in Texas. All right. Uh, always the Texas connection when we have a guest on the Texas Values Report. But they moved from that position to continue to be successful in business. They took a, a public stand and said, we're not going to back off from our beliefs. The show never aired. It got canceled. But then they've written several books. We're going to talk about one of those books when they come on. The recent, more recent one's called Miracle in Shreveport. And, you know, when I talk to these guys, I do get a little emotional when I look at their childhood and background. Because many of y'all know, I also have two boys. They're not twins. Some people think they are. They're a year and a half apart. What a special connection that Jason and David Benham have. But I'll let David talk a little bit more about that when he gets on the show in a few minutes. A lot's been going on. I know summer's coming up. Kids are out. You know, school's out. The Republican convention is coming up next week. We will have a booth there. That's going to be in San Antonio. 9,000 delegates will descend on San Antonio in the convention center there. It is, without exaggeration, the largest political event in the world, okay? Certainly in the United States. It's larger than the RN which I think they have three or 4,000 delegates. So you're talking about a major event coming to San Antonio. We're going to be there and we're going to have a booth. We're going to be talking about the issues of faith, family, and freedom. You know, our organization is not a Republican or Democratic group, but when when there are events like this where the people there in large majority, very large majority, support the issues of faith, family, and freedom, we're going to be there talking about our issues, educating people. Look, we've got a legislative session that's coming up. It's not far away. Okay, I know we're only into June and you and I'm about to talk about January, but before you know it, 
bills are going to be getting filed in November for the 2019 legislative session. So we got to make sure that we're getting people educated on what's happening. Speaking of what's happening any week now, we're going to have a decision from the U.S. Supreme Court on a major religious liberty issue. So this is the cake baker case from uh, Jack Phillips is the cake baker out of um, Colorado who the government fined him and ran him out of business because they enforced a law that would have forced him, required him to put a message on his cakes that he doesn't dis- that he doesn't agree with. He bakes cakes for gay people, for whoever comes in, but when it comes to the custom cakes he makes for weddings and the messages he will put on there, he feels like that is his right to reserve how those messages are and no one should force him to push a message that he he disagrees with. And look, this isn't uncommon. I mean, there's a precedent on these issues in other settings throughout U.S. Supreme Court cases. You even have gay cake bakers saying they don't want to be forced to break a wedding by someone who says they support marriage between a man and a woman. As a matter of fact, that was a case in Colorado. So in Colorado, there was um, an individual who asked a cake baker to make a cake that celebrated traditional marriage between a man and a woman. The gay cake baker said, no, I'm not going to make that cake. And guess what? The Colorado government did not enforce a law against him. They said, oh, that's a different situation. Well, I don't think the U.S. Supreme Court's going to see it that way. I listened to the oral argument from last year on this, and several justices seem to think, while they might lean one way or another on how they feel about people of the same sex getting married, they're not so sure that the government should treat the issue differently when it comes to speech on these issues. That's going to happen. The Supreme Court has to decide by the end of of June. They're required to. So any week now, we're going to get a decision on that. And that, without a doubt, will be an issue we're going to be talking about at our policy conference here in the Austin area for our local listening audience. I know people are listening online, podcast, wherever you are. September 7th and 8th, mark your calendar. This is the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum right here in Austin. We're going to have 200 people here. That's all it holds, actually. We're going to sell out, okay? This event will sell out. You want to get your tickets today. It's a two-day event. It's on Friday from 1 to 5, and then Saturday from 9 to 4. And I want you to know we've got a special guest Friday night. Friday night is not a part of the instruction. This is a policy conference to educate people what are the current issues on religious liberty, marriage and family, sexuality, life. What are the current court cases? What legislation is being proposed? Where are the attacks coming from and why? And what's it all about? How do I talk about these issues to my neighbor? All of those things are going to be covered. And it's not just going to be me and a few people in our opinions. Expert people from across the state and country. We've got two Texas Supreme Court justices that will be speaking. Eva Guzman and Jimmy Blacklock. We have the Attorney General of our state, Ken Paxton, who is going to be on a panel. As well as National Religious Liberty Lawyer Kelly Fedorik, who's from Texas, I might add, from Alliance Defending Freedom. Autumn Stroop from uh, Family Policy Alliance. We've also got the Conservative conservative millennial, Ali Beth Stuckey. Ted Cruz is on the list of speakers. I mean, look, I can't, I don't even have enough time to get into all of this. TXValues.org. Get your tickets today. How much does it cost to go to a day and a half with some of the most dynamic expert people and relevant people? I mean, Ted Cruz almost got the nomination to be president of the United States. Okay. We're talking about a great opportunity. $30 gets you in the door for a two-day conference. Hard to beat that. $30. And oh, by the way, it includes lunch on Saturday. And there's a rumor we're going to be serving Chick-fil-A. I can confirm nor deny. Okay. Lunch is going to be covered for $30. And if you want to pay a little bit more on Friday night at Maggiano's at the domain, really nice place.
place. The lieutenant governor is doing a private dinner on our behalf. I believe it's 65. I don't know. You have to check the website. $65 for that dinner with lieutenant governor. This isn't going to be 200 people. I think we're only going to be able to fit 60 people in that room. So it's going to be a more exclusive event. Up close and personal with lieutenant governor Dan Patrick. No press. Private event. It's going to be great. So you want to you want to check that out. So for 100 bucks, less than 100 bucks, you can go to a two-day conference. You can get lunch provided, probably by Chick-fil-A, and a special sit-down dinner at Maggiano's with the lieutenant governor. All that for $95. You can't beat it. But this is early bird pricing. The conference is in September. Early bird pricing, I'm told, is going to end at the end of June. All right, we're already selling tickets. We've already sold uh, a sponsor package, which you can get your name and logo on the program and all that good stuff. And we've sold two very high-level president's packages. We're getting a lot of attention. You don't want time to slip away on this. Go to txvalues.org, the Texas Values Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum, two-day policy conference. This is a great way to get prepared and get educated about what's going to happen in the legislative session. What are what are people talking about as we go into this election in November? Okay, these are all relevant issues that are talked about. You need to know where, where people stand on these issues when you go to the ballot box or when they go in the legislature. So we're not going to cover a whole bunch of stuff from the past. This is current information, cutting edge stuff, what people are talking about throughout the state in the country. So I'm excited about it. Can you tell? Okay. We've had a dream of doing this for years. And finally this year, early in the year, we said we're committing to it. Let's go. And so I'm blown away by the response we've got in the speakers that have RSVP'd. It's going to be fabulous to say to use that word if I can. It's going to be fantastic. And so, uh, so check it out, txvalues.org. You can find out more about the policy conference. This event will sell out. And once we hit that sellout point, we're cutting ticket sales off. Okay. Sorry. But there are fire code regulations that we have to follow at the Canyon View Event Center. Speaking of the event location, if you haven't been to the Canyon View Event Center in Northwest Austin, it is magnificent. The view from that area, I mean, I'm going to have to get your attention a lot during the policy conference. Hey, stop looking outside. The view of the hill country from this perched area is gorgeous. Okay. So the setting itself is memorable to say the least. So I'd love to have you come out. And look, we thought about all those pieces together. I mean, we want to put together an experience that you won't forget. And look, if you're not from the Central Texas area, it is worth the trip If to come out to the Hill Country. Look, stay Saturday if you want, okay? Go to church somewhere, go see friends, go out to the Hill Country a little bit further, go to Fredericksburg, whatever you want to do. Great time in the fall to come before summer wraps up. And so think about it. Great great event, great setting. And, you know, look, and, and there are two hotels, the Doubletree, I believe, and um, the Holiday Inn and Suites are offering reduced, uh, not the Doubletree, I'm sorry, the um, uh, Renaissance are offering reduced amounts, okay, special rates, because you're going to want to stay Friday night, so you can go to the dinner or dinner on your own, but I want you to try to come see the Lieutenant Governor, go to dinner, come in the next morning, we'll have a little praise and worship music, September 7th and 8th, the Texas Faith, Family, and Freedom Policy Conference, a lot's been happening this week, a little wrap up from the elections, a lot of activity on that, people starting to get, you know, angling for November, a lot of talk about the incredibly low turnout by the Democrats. I think even they in the left just was really surprised. And, you know, with all the talk about all the people they were going to turn out. Speaking of cake maker decisions, there's a final decision at the trial level out of California of all places where the judge has said that this is in Bakersfield. 
that a cake baker who refused to make the wedding um, because he didn't want to have to support and write out a homosexual uh, marriage message has won in court. So the judges ruled in the favor of the cake baker. So, I mean, look, this is a form of speech. You know, if you go and make a get someone to do something custom for you, this isn't something that they spit out every day. And, and all of these, as far as I know, many, if not all of these bakeries, you know, if somebody walks in and there's something on the shelf or in their, you know, already designed or already made, mass made, they're selling to whoever. But when they're asked to do something custom with a message, and particularly it's about a wedding, I think you're going to continue to see more and more courts say it's going too far. And, and we've even had liberal professors. Okay, I'm just going to tell you that we, we were at an event with the Federalist Society recently, and they feel like the folks on the LGBT advocacy side have gone too far. Okay, no one is being prevented from getting married. No one's being prevented from loving whoever they want to love. These are cases where folks in the LGBT community are using the government laws to punish and fine people, and it's causing their business to shut down. They're not allowing them to operate because they're in violation of these laws on these issues. And these laws are problematic to begin with. And, and that's a longer conversation. We've talked about it before. That's the root of these. When you see a law that says this protects for discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity, and it applies to private businesses, this is what they want to do. This is how they are being used. To then say, oh, you're a private business. You're discriminating against this person who wants to purchase a custom cake. You're discriminating based on sexual orientation, gender identity. You have now violated this new discrimination law, so now you're going to get fined. You know, there was a law proposed like this in Texas last session that not only would have fined you, you'd have gone to jail for up to a year. Okay, I can't, I'm not making this stuff up. Kim Davis did go to jail for five days because of her beliefs on marriage and her role as a county clerk. Okay, these are not hypotheticals. There is no slippery slope here. This is what's happening. So that's a case out of California. We also saw the country of Ireland vote essentially to support abortion. You know, it's interesting, too, because you think about all of the pro-life work that's gone on and all of the progress that's been made, particularly by young people, on the life issue. It's interesting to see another country vote the way they did, because I think, uh, but one thing I am, I, I do have some comfort is there's a lot more information we know on that issue than we did when Roe versus Wade was decided in 1973. So we'll see wh where the discussion goes in the implication of the change in the law in Ireland. But here locally, a lot of talk about the elections, where things are going to be headed. Thank you for so many of y'all engaging in the elections and using our resources to get educated about what's happening when it goes to the, comes to the ballot box on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. Um, you know, we'll continue to see people trying to kind of, you know, split hairs on who did what and, you know, where the balance is tipped. And so there, there is one thing that is clear and, and there, there's no doubt on. Joe Strauss will no longer be the Speaker of the House. Um, now, look, that was not a result of a direct election, but certainly... We think it's clear he decided not to run again because of all of the backlash he got from supporting local laws, essentially, that allow men into women's bathrooms by opposing our state privacy law, which would have said local governments cannot force people to have laws that allow men into women's bathrooms. And so that is certainly something to look forward to and a lot of other encouraging outcomes when it comes to elections and when it comes to where the direction of things are. If you didn't hear the show last week, did you know we had the pastor of First Baptist Church of Sutherland Springs where the where 
the tragedy where the massacre happened, he was a guest on our radio show last week. If you missed it, you need to go check it out, okay, when we're done here. Um, I went to that church uh, earlier this year, and I tell you what, it was powerful. I mean, I, I was overwhelmed with emotion, without a doubt. I was speaking to a group about 10 or 15 minutes away away from there, and I was like, you know, I, I want to go by there. I, I know I'm close. I want to go by there. And I just had no idea what I was going to see. And so if you didn't hear last week's show with Pastor Frank Pomeroy, you need to do that. Um, really just powerful stuff. And so uh, David Benham's going to be calling in in just a minute, and we're going to start with him. You know, the Benham brothers spoke at our gala in 2015, actually the first gala ever for Texas Values, and I had never met them before. I mean, I knew a little bit about them, but they were just starting to kind of get going a little bit more. They were gaining a little bit of attention and, and fame, if you will, and man, I love those guys. I mean, they did such a great job. You know, they inspired people, people were excited, and it was just one of those experiences that, you know, you're like, I think this is going to be good, and everything looks great, and then you go, and you're like, wow, what a home run, okay? And of course, I got to throw in a baseball analogy with these guys in their background, but it really was. And so we've continued to interact with them since then. We need to get them back for another event um, without a doubt. But, um, you know, they just continue to be strong public witnesses for their Christian faith, um, to inspire other people to do the same, but also drawing a lot from their background in athletics. You know, to be be athletic and to be successful at such a high level is, is very difficult. I mean, it takes a lot of dedication, a lot of trust, a lot of faith. And so, you know, a lot of qualities that you pick up along the way that, um, you know, that can also feel somewhat related to our Christian faith. And so the book is called Miracle in Shreveport, and it came out March 27th of 2018. And the book really is about David and Jason and their journey, their early journey in baseball, the interactions that they had with their father, the relationship they have with their father, but really the miracles they call it with, with just kind of the, the status of things in their lives. So let's jump right in and welcome to the Texas Values Report, David Benham, my brother. David, how are you doing, oh, sir? Man, I'm doing great. How are you, J-Boy? I've been hyping you up, man. I've been like, man, I can't wait to get the, to get onto this this show and this segment. You know, I love it. F- first of all, the, the book we're going to talk about is called Miracles in Shreveport. David and his brother Jason have been on our show before, commonly known as the Benham Brothers, uh, but they do have their own separate identities to some extent. And they're successful businessmen. They're successful uh, Christian speakers. If you want to have a dynamic speaker, I was telling your, the listeners before you came on, you and your brother were the first speakers for our first ever Texas Values Gala, which was a home run. Of course, I have to use that <laughs> phrase. You guys knocked it out of the park. I want to tell you the cover. Here I go again, getting emotional. The cover of the book is fantastic. You know, you you may recall I have two boys. They're, 11, they're 10 and 12. People think they're twins, though, because they're similar in size. Tell us about the book. I'll tell you what, Jonathan. You know, the, the cover of the book is actually, it's a picture from an image that Jason and it was a, Jason and I were given a picture. Our dad was given a picture that he gave to my brother and I back when we were 11 years old. And it's uh, two boys with suitcases in their outside hands and their inner hands are holding onto a baseball glove, one glove, but two suitcases, two boys. And so it was the dream of baseball, and that's what it really represented. And, and Jason and I, um, you know, this book, Miracle in Shreveport, truly is a miraculous story, and it shows that God is always at work behind the scenes in your life. Even when things are looking dark or dreary, or y- you may struggle with your finances or your marriage or with a child, or something may be going wrong in your life, and it's really tough, or you've had to die to a dream, or even you look around the culture and you think, man, it's getting dark out there. We can trust that our faith will intersect 
intersect with God's faithfulness at some point. So we just need to continue to remain steadfast in Him and trust Him. And it covers a 20-year period of time in our lives from the ages of 5 to 25, where Jason and I uh, would take vacation with our dad, and our granddad would always come and watch us play baseball as well. But we would take vacation in July and drive from Dallas, Texas to Atlanta to visit family. And three hours outside of Dallas is Shreveport, Louisiana. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you bet. Hey, far from there. My, you know, my staff member, uh, Nicole Hudgens, that's where she's from. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Tell you know, Nicole, we said hello. Yeah. So I look and I, you know, here we are in June. Okay. Um, I, I took my boys to, to, to the first days of their baseball camp. Um, they're, they're, they're training with some former UT Longhorns. You went on to play with the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. And I, you know, I, I think I saw that picture. This is a picture like you and McGuire, right? Yeah. That I was mean, my first major league spring training. I with mean, the Cardinals. you went all the way to the top. And I mean, look, you know, I have seen just a glimpse of some of that at my boy's age. It's amazing. It is a miracle. And not yeah. to suggest, and I told people before you got on, wait till you see yeah. that, these guys in person. They're big. You're not going to be surprised that they had success. But but all of the, that work that goes into it, the faith, a part of, you know, also yeah. being a Christian. Talk to me about what it's like to reflect on that beat up stadium in Shreveport, knowing you made it yeah. all the way. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, you know, when, when Jason and I were, uh, we, we graduated high school in 94, and then we signed baseball scholarships to play at Liberty University. And so we would travel from Dallas to Liberty, and we would always pass by that stadium. And every time we passed by it, we would pray, Lord Jesus, one day I pray we'd get to play in that stadium together. That was kind of our Yankee stadium. We didn't wow. go to a lot of major league games. That was a So that was kind of, it, it birthed a dream that our dad started when we were young boys, and he would pray with us during the, that vacation time. And anyway, I ended up getting drafted by the Red Sox. Jason was drafted by the Orioles. Neither one of those organizations had a, a minor league baseball team in Shreveport, and it was actually the uh, farm team for the San Francisco Giants. Well, every team that we went to, Jason and I would try to start a Bible study, and and, uh, and that was just always a really important thing for us, was to use our, our talent as a tool and not just a toy. And so we uh, we tried to do as much evangelism as we possibly could. Well, I ended up getting traded over to the St. Louis Cardinals. Jason ended up getting released. So in the book, as you read this story of now Jason's out of the game, but I'm over in St. Louis, they sent me to Major League Spring Training, and that's where you see the picture of Mark McGuire. And, uh, Mike Matheny was on that team, who's now the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. I also, it was back when uh, they had just pulled up Albert Pujols. And, and so all that was really exciting, but I still had this dream in the back of my mind that well, I got to play in Shreveport at some point. I just don't know how that's going to work out. Well, I ended up getting sent to Double A, Little Rock, Arkansas. And my brother had been out of the game for three months, and I talked him into coming and watching me play. And through an absolute miraculous series of events, I kid you not, Jonathan. Jason ended up signing with the Cardinals and playing on that double-A team. And one <laughs> night he's in the stands awesome. wearing flip-flops and downing a ballpark dog. The next right. night he's in the dugout with me. It was crazy, bro. Baseball can be like that sometimes, too. It's so fascinating. You know, and it's just what what a miracle, though, right? And And I can't even – understand or feel what that was like because I don't have a brother I have two sisters but I see my boys and they have that dynamic sometimes and it's magical you know and, and yeah. so for you you're you're taking me back there okay I'm in the stands with you okay we're talking yeah. with David Benham who's the author along with his his twin brother Jason of the new book Miracle in Shreveport it's a memoir about baseball fatherhood and the stadium that launched a dream a lot of talk in there about the Christian faith in that background and that connection, 
I mean, we're in the heart of summer, right? Baseball's starting to get going. You see the collegiate regional start and all that kind of stuff. There is something magical about baseball. But I tell you what, in order to be successful like a lot of athletics, boy, to be grounded in your Christian faith, Mm. I think, can be so important. Yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you, you know, the Lord sends you out into the mission field, and everybody's mission field looks a little bit different. I mean, some people are the chairman of the board, others are janitors, and some people are playing pro sports. You just never know wherever it is. God wants you, he wants you to know this, three things. Number one, you are a minister. Number two, you're on mission, wherever you're placed and however you're paid. And number three, your work is worship. So for us at this point in our lives, it was playing pro baseball, and Jason signed with me, and now he's playing with the Little Rock Travelers or the Arkansas Travelers, which is the double-A affiliate for the St. Louis Cardinals. And the first game, he hadn't seen a live pitch in almost four months. The first (laughs) game that he signs, he gets in, and first pitch swing, he, he pinch hits in the bottom of the sixth. And he hits a double off the center field wall. It was amazing. He's, he's standing as I'm sitting in the dugout at the time. And it was so funny because there he is. He broke up a no-hit shutout. There you go. Um, so nobody had gotten a hit. We hadn't scored any runs. And now he's standing on second. And it was back in the day when that song, Cotton Eye Joe, was really popular. So they're playing that. And the old minor league stadium is just bouncing up and down. The roof's about to come off. And it was just so surreal. For me, sitting in the dugout thinking, God, what a miracle that Jason here yesterday, he's sitting in the stands with flip-flops. Today, he's standing on second base in a uniform, and uh, he just, the Lord just really just resurrected that in his life. Well, after that game was over with Jonathan, we go back into the clubhouse, and our manager comes in and says, well done, Jason, good job, guys. You know, we ended up winning that game, and he said, everybody be to the field tomorrow. At 9 a.m., bring your bags because Shreveport is just a short trip away. Oh. We hadn't even, bro, we hadn't even looked at the end of the, we had four games left of the season. We hadn't even looked at the end of the schedule. I didn't even know we were going to Shreveport. And Jason and I instantly just looked up at each other, and it was as if the angelic host was playing a song. I mean, it was crazy. So we showed up. To Shreveport, we had never been to the stadium before. We had always passed it in all those years on vacation, all those years at college, and prayed for this moment. And while the team went to the hotel, Jason and I, we got into the stadium. We found a one of the players' entrances to the to the uh, uh, field was open, and we walked through the tunnel up the uh, dugout steps and straight out the center field, and just put our arms up and just thanked God that He made this dream re- a reality for us. And we turned around, and our dad had found a way into the stadium, and he was standing there in the top deck with his arms up, tears rolling down his face, <laughs> just praising the Lord. And I'm telling you, Jonathan, especially now that we're coming up on Father's Day, and you know there was just a dream that we shared with our dad, and and and. We shared it with our grandfather, and, and it just really connected our hearts. And though it seemed like it wasn't going to come true, in our particular life at that moment, it came true. And not all of our dreams do come true, but for this one moment, we realized, you know what? God is always at work, and we can trust Him. Well, look, and that's just—I mean, I mean, how many pages do you think we covered in the book with some of our segment? <laughs> not a lot, but some good stuff. you got to get the book. Miracle in Shreveport, because I've read uh, one of your other books uh, before, and I know it's deep. There's a lot of good stuff in there, a lot of great takeaways. 
um, um, the, the the book that y'all wrote a couple years back, um, whatever the cost, really strong, and and I and it inspired me, you know. And, and you guys are in much better shape than I am, but even some of my physical health, it pushed me on that. If you haven't had a chance, it's already out. Okay, Miracle in Shreveport. We're gonna have a link to it on our website. I want you to check it out. I'm gonna close the segment out, Jace, uh, David, with just I want to share a story with you. Coming up mm. on, so we're coming up uh, on Father's Day, miracles. Whatever. Okay. You want to call them magical things. I don't want to compare my experience to yours, but I will tell you last father's day, I was coaching the all-star team for my, for my oldest son. And we didn't have such a good all-star season, but we were in this last, uh, this last tournament and we made a little run. And so um, we're up against the toughest team and we're tied. And I'm not kidding. It's the bottom of the last inning. There's the top, there's the go ahead run on third. I'm the third base coach. And here comes Jonathan signs junior to the plate. And mm-hmm. I, wa- I walk down there, and my dad's there, his cousins are there, it's Father's Day weekend, and I just told Jonathan Jr., hey, buddy, just get up there and swing the bat, and we're going to win this. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was only one out, so we had a little wiggle room, but he, but, but he got up there, they threw a pitch, and he rocked the ball to right field and, and walk-off game winner. I mean, he's going to play more baseball. But even if that's all the Lord ever gave me was that's one of my last memories because I, hu- I hung up my coach's hat, man, isn't it special? Something special about mm. baseball. There's something special about what you and your brother are doing, and there is definitely something special about our Lord. David Benham, thank you for okay. being our guest today on the Texas Values hey, Report. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you, man. All right, we'll catch those guys next time. Check out the book, Miracle in Shreveport. You got to check it out. Uh, A lot of good stuff in there. These guys, they are the real deal. And I'm looking forward to sharing that with more people, and I got to get them to an event. We're going to wrap up this segment here uh, today, but go to our website, txvalues.org, to find out more information about faith, family, and freedom in Texas.